Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thank you for being here, excited to, to uh, get into God's Word together today. And as we do, I'll start with a question. Does God in His Word ever call us to praise a human? Is there ever a time that He calls us to, to praise a human? And the day kind of gives it away, I know. But actually, there, there is, my quick answer is no, obviously not. We're chasing humility, and, and that whole uh, pursuit this year would... would leave that answer of obviously not. And when, when I say praise, it's not the uh, praise as in worship God, only he is worthy of our worship, but to go verbal with our admiration, our honor, those types of things. And the answer is yes. And actually it's in Proverbs chapter 31, the, the book of wisdom, God's book of wisdom, the crescendo of this chapter. So like the, the climax, the end of this, uh, or the book, the entire book, chapter 31, Verse 30, 31 says this, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. And so today on this Mother's Day, we'd like to just pull out the stops in honoring mom and talk about that and and allow God's word to equip us, but also ignite us and inspire us to be active in honoring the moms in our lives. There's a, a couple other throughout Scripture. This is a, a theme. God calls us to develop a culture of honor in our families as well as our, our church family. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, he says, uh, devote or, or uh, outdo one, in essence, honor, another, honor one another above yourselves or in essence, outdo one another. If you're going to have a competition, let it be in honoring each other. And we know the, the command in the Decalogue in Exodus, repeated in Ephesians chapter 6, that, that we are to honor our parents, our mom and our dad. We're to obey our parents while we're in the home or while we're children. But when we hit adulthood, no longer obedience is required, but honor is till the day we die, to honor mom and dad. So what's it look like to honor mom is what we're going to go after today. And this we know, when we honor mom or the woman who fears the Lord, we are honoring the Lord. And so the text that we're going to use as our template to equip us and to inspire us is Proverbs chapter 31. So if you would join me there, Proverbs chapter 31. As I as you turn there, I can hear someone already moaning to themselves saying, oh no, or a lady, a mom saying, oh boy, I see it coming already. This is um, prepare for a guilt trip because this is like God's, the picture of God's perfect woman and I'm about to be reminded of all the ways I am not, all the ways I, I fall short. And I would just like to encourage you with this thought, or consider this. And as, as I studied this text this week, it, it occurred to me, and this is my opinion, I maybe, um, you can dig into this on your, and uh, judge for yourself, but I would argue the tone of this text is not to be one of a template for transformation, but rather a template for celebration. There's not a lot of imperative in this text other than what uh, the first part of it, which we'll, be, we'll, we'll discuss. But when it comes to, to women, I think this is what God has given us here is not a coach saying to women, get better. 
but rather a family saying to, to women who fear the Lord, thank you, well done, and, and we celebrate who you are. And so we are going to um, walk through, as we walk through the text, just to give you a, a overview of it, Proverbs chapter 30, not, 31, the first nine verses is mom has the floor. So it's actually a mom giving advice to her son, which is a, a fun genre of scripture. And then the, the, next, the rest of the chapter is unique in that the author says, basically, I'm going to need the whole Hebrew alphabet to just explain to you and lead in a celebration of, of what a woman is like who fears the Lord. And it's an acrostic. We don't get it in the English in terms of the actual letters, but it's, if you were to do English, it would be A, B, C, D, but each verse starts with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So from A to, to Z in our language or from Aleph to Tav in, in Hebrew, this is what she is like and leads in the celebration and leads us to, equips us to honor the woman who fears the Lord. So we will uh, go, and, and then as we work through this, we'll discover three reasons to, to honor mom. So if you would join me in Proverbs chapter 31, we'll begin reading there in verse 1, where, where he writes, the, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. So the, that's the heading. We don't know for sure who King Lemuel is. Some scholars think it's Solomon who wrote much of the Proverbs, but, but um, the jury is out. But we do know he's a king, and we do know he's sharing with us what his mom taught him. And it starts this way. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. I love this and that you can feel the momness of this, can't you? There, there's some emotion here. It's like mom saying, son, listen to me here. She, she starts, listen, my son. Personal, son of my womb. Son who I um, was in pain to bring into this world. <laughs> I birthed you, I gave you life, listen to me, and then listen, my son, the answer to my prayer. So not only were you birthed, son, in pain, you were birthed in prayer, and what she's saying here is, you matter to me. So what I'm about to tell you, would you listen to this? Your life matters to me, and what I, I'm going to say, it's going to affect your life. So what does she say? And she starts with a warning, watch out for what? Verse 3. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. First warning is, watch out for women. <laughs> the wayward woman, the woman who, can, who will lead you astray. King, you're going to have lots of women coming your way. And, and watch out for the woman who is not following God. Well, what's, it's interesting, we have a, a woman, and the first thing she's telling her son is, watch out for women. We're going to celebrate a woman who fears the Lord and see all the glory of that. But what's mom saying here is, son, the woman is beautiful. She'll attract you. She'll pull you in. And then she will reach in, grab your heart, and rip it out or turn you into a ditch you don't want to go. Watch out. I often say with marriage, in essence, when you go into marriage, keep your eyes wide open. And then when you're in marriage, half closed. And it's like, watch out, warning. And then she goes on and she says uh, to another threat and is specifically aimed at a king. So a king would judge. A king was to be the judge of the land and protect the people. And, and she goes after this. She says, it's not for you, king, not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine nor for rulers to crave beer. Why? Lest they forget 
They drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing and wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. And so we know for the whole of Scripture when God speaks of alcohol that that it's okay to drink alcohol in moderation. We see Jesus doing that. But but here it's uh, it's always when it goes to an extreme prohibited and especially she's saying this is just a mom talking to her son saying hey for what God's called you to do to be a king watch out for this there will be people who will want you drunk so that you um, bend to their agenda and favor um, those who and forget those who, who don't have power and so watch out reason number one why honor mom today as we set out to, to honor our moms for her warnings honor mom for her warning. I just love this part of scripture in that it's so unique. It's the, one of the few places that we just have a mom talking straight to her son. And it's such a mom kind of thing to say, isn't it? Like you just feel the momness of this. Like, watch out for women and for wine. Watch out. And I can hear um, her. You can, you can call me old fashioned. You can call me whatever, you can roll your eyes at me, but I don't care. I'm going to tell you because I love you, right? (laughs) And you think about your own life, and aren't you so thankful for God's grace that he has poured into your life through the warnings of your mom, the one who who was okay not being your friend, okay not being popular with, that she loves you, and she's going to tell you the truth. Watch out for whatever she perceives as a threat in your life. What a gift God has given us. We, we were driving back from a vacation far away one summer and, uh, or spring and had lots of time to ponder as we're going along the highway. And I began to ponder the guardrails. And I started to notice just how many guardrails. There is a high percentage of guardrails that are dinged up and bent and just... And I started thinking about, you know, each of those dents tells the story of a collision, possibly a life saved, a injuries prevented and a tough moment but then I thought that's a tough job being a guardrail I mean what a a very non-glorious job you're just there by the side of the highway you're there in the wet and the sunshine and the snow and the winds you're just there and you're strong and you're steady but you're rarely noticed appreciated until that moment comes along when a driver is veering into danger of the ditch and your job is just to absorb impact. You take the hit. And then you just, they go on their way, you, you carry on with what you're doing. And then it occurred to me, or I thought, that's what mom does. <laughs> that's mom, right? Strong, steady, there. And when one of our kids, one of her kids decides, I'm going to head for the ditch, she warns, and she's not moving. If you want to ruin your life, you're going to have to come through me first. It's often at the, with the pain of a collision, but thank God that she stands her ground, loves us enough to speak truth. So I, right now, just think about a warning that your mom gave you in your life. Is there a warning coming to mind or a warning moment? Remember how often my mom would say something like, ah, what in the world does she know? Remember, like, what does she know about life? And 
certainly doesn't love me if she's not letting me do this or that. And now years later, you're just like, oh, mom, <laughs> thank you. And I want to give you another hug for holding your ground. Remember that? I remember hanging out with a kid um, who was kind of one of the cool kids in school. I think it was around fifth grade. And that's where I went through my big rebellious spell. And we, he was like, he'd sneak uh, down at Danner's, you know. He, he was, could sneak necklaces out of the store, stuff like that. And, uh, and she wouldn't let me hang with him. And prevented me from being with the cool group. And like, man, abuse. This is horrible. <laughs> but what I didn't see at the time is our friends, five people that are closest to you will define your direction. She knew that. She loved me enough to be that guardrail. Think, so how about you? What, what's the moment? Pull one to mind. And then uh, as we have opportunity, just say, hey, Mom, thank you. I want to honor you. Go verbal with my pr- praise and admiration for you being a guardrail in my life. Another, uh, I have a, one that Mom wrote down in March the 3rd, 1989. And uh, just left it on a, a card for me, but she says, or it's a quote from someone, beware that we continue for a single hour in contact with what soils our hands or wounds our conscience or grieves the Holy Spirit and mars our communion with God. Be decisive, be wholehearted, give up at once the unclean thing, whatever it be, habit, associations, or dirt in the thought life, cost what it may, give it up. No earthly gain, no earthly advantage can compensate for the loss of a pure conscience an uncondemning heart and the light of our, our Heavenly Father's blessing. So thankful for those guardrail moments, her warning. I was with a mom this week in the hospital. She had just moved from an ICU room into a normal hospital room and was uh, about to leave. Just, how can I pray for you? And do you know her first thought was pray for my kids that they would seek the Lord and love Him and, and love His church and be involved. And I thought, man, here you've got a mom who's really struggling with health, but where's her heart and her mind? The spiritual well-being of her kids. And I thought about today, and, and we love, in the church world, we love Mother's Day because often it, or it, it has in the past been ranked the, the third most attended Sunday of the year. Easter, Christmas, and then Mother's Day. But I heard they have said, and I don't know who they is and how true this statistic is, but they say just recently, Mother's Day has surpassed Christmas as the most attended day, um, second most attended day of church in the year. Why is that? Because mom, she's going to cut through the stuff and just say, hey, how is it with your soul? She wants us to be right with God, doesn't she? And where's mom going to be if she knows the Lord and fears the Lord? She's going to be in church. And where's, what, what does mom want? All of us to be together with her. And so moms, well done. Keep on. Let's do this. The uh, thankful for mom. And then the uh, second reason, why honor mom, her encouragement. We see this in Proverbs 31 there in verse 8 and 9, where she moves from warning to encouraging, or a call up into life mission. She says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of, those, of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Here Lemuel's mom is giving him a, uh, a calling 
calling up and really as a king to say, hey, Lemuel, reminder, it's not about you. He, he, she's calling him to advocate for the, the rights of the poor, the needy, those who can't speak for themselves, to be thinking about the vulnerable. But as a king with power, she's saying, hey, you have privilege, you have um, responsibilities, you have gifts and abilities that, that are unique to you, but they're not for you, they're for the lifting up of others. And she's calling him into a life of love. Defend the rights of the poor. Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And as we think about the gift that God has given us in mom, aren't you thankful for those moments that she calls us up out of a life of self-centeredness into a life of following Christ in, with love? And it's neat how mom knows us better than anyone else, doesn't she? She, she sees us grow up. She sees our, our personality and often has a vision of, of how God is going to use us, and what a gift to have her speaking encouragement into that, putting wind in our sails. To each mom listening, I I would just encourage you today, never underestimate the power of your call up to your kids. I know as a mom, you say it, say it, and say it, and sometimes you wonder, is it sinking in, and are they going to hear this, And, and just know that God is at work. He's invested a power in you to call your kids up, so keep speaking encouragement, words of encouragement, and and calling them up. It's interesting as we read this text, it's he, Lemuel, this king never forgot the encouragement that his mom gave him. I can't think about how, or, or can't imagine how many times this little call up came back to his mind as he's tempted to abuse his power rather than to, to use it to lift the people around him. What a gift God has given us in the encouragement of mom. And as you look back over your life, are there some moments that come to your mind where your mom just put wind in your sails, encouraged you. Any defining moments or encouragements that continue to come back to your mind? Times when maybe you doubted yourself or just didn't see the way through and, and there she is speaking into your life or any uh, encourages as those come to mind, may, may we go verbal with those, our appreciation for those to our moms today. And look for opportunities to just honor her for that. I was thinking about, um, so thankful for, for the other moms in, in my life, for, for Donna and for Lois Tam's mom. And uh, one of our, just, we, we often <laughs> say it for Tam's mom, she was always down at the park, Ellis Park, cheering on Tam for softball. And she had a distinct cheer, and it was, come on, Tammy Jean. And you could hear that at Ellis Park, any given softball day and um, we continue she continues that to tam and to to her family and to, to me personally and so grateful for that and it's so neat to to pull into the park and see the um, fields full of kids but but the moms and dads and grandma and grandpa cheering kids on and throughout our community and what a gift what we have in that but what a gift in those moments that mom comes alongside and, and says, hey, I don't care what's on the scoreboard, win or lose. I was watching how you played, and and I'm calling you up to to play beyond the the little game of life into the big game of life, and that is treating people the way they need to be treated, playing for the glory of God, respecting your coach, and sometimes comes with a hard conversation (laughs) and uh, making things right, you know, with the teammate or or with the coach. And aren't you thankful for, for mom's encouragement to us. One of the encouragements 
I'll share with you that my mom gave in the realm of chasing humility was that she said this, the quotation below is one of my most challenging thoughts. And it's by Oswald Chambers. He writes this, it is one thing to go through a crisis grandly, but another thing to go through every day glorifying God when there is no witness, no limelight, no one paying the remotest attention to us. The test of of the life of a saint is not success as the world defines it, but faithfulness in human life as it actually is. Our human relationships are the actual conditions in which the ideal life of God is to be exhibited. And so thanks, Mom, for the encouragements that, that, that you give us. And may we honor her for those. And then why honor Mom? The third reason is her sacrifice. And what we'll do here is now we enter the part of this proverb that it's going to be a bit longer. We're going to go through the whole Hebrew alphabet. But as you do, think about really there's one unifying theme, and it's all the ways a a godly woman sacrifices for the good of her family. And so we'll uh, we'll read through this again. It's acrostic, so in the Hebrew it would be letter, each verse a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so each verse has a slightly different thought. So they seem somewhat disjointed, but, but the overall picture is the sacrifice of mom. And so as we read through this, I'd even encourage you to think about your own mom and what she's done for you and uh, as really fuel and, and being equipped to honor her. So verse 10 is where we will dig in. Verse 10 reads, a wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. This picture of, and again, in the, the, the home, the marriage relationship is central. Kids, um, we will always love them and care for them, but they are temporary. They will go. We're to leave and cleave, and, and our husband and wife, that relationship is central. And here we see a godly woman doing good for her husband, doing good to her husband, not harm. Verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands, the, the idea of providing clothing. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar, so providing food for the family. She gets up while it's still night, working hard. She's providing for her family. I, I'm picturing the moms that uh, have young kids right now, and, and man, you're up there in the middle of the night caring portions for her female servants. She manages the household. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. And out of her own earnings, she plants a vineyard. And so this picture of being a businesswoman and um, investing and, and uh, out there doing business, she sets about her work vigorously. And by the way, this, he, again, we're, this is the, all that we appreciate about a woman who fears the Lord. It's not like every woman is doing every one of these things, all right? And, and we're all, again, to prevent depression right here for our ladies. We're all growing in these areas, and this is the idealization of a woman who's fearing the Lord. So, so, but, but we want to use this as fuel to honor the women among us who, who um, exemplify these qualities and, and sacrifice with love. She's, she, um, one of the themes here, verse 17, is just being industrious. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. And in that day, that was really the means of of providing clothing. She opens her arms to the poor 
and extends her hands to the needy. And this is a beautiful picture of, within the home, it's often the woman who is sensitive to the needs of the needy and um, clues in the dad, I know, or clues in the husband, at least for us, it's how, often how it works, where, hey, so-and-so has a need and, and let's help. And I know for those of you who have adopted, often it's um, the, the woman who has that burden from God first and then shares that with the husband and um, God has gifted her in that way. Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for her for all of them are clothed and in scarlet. Cold days come and, and times of scarcity, and, and yet she is provided and prepared for those moments. 22, she makes coverings for her bed, and is, she is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected in the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. A pretty cool, neat picture just of her vision of the future. It can be one of laughter and not fear or worry because she has been diligent. Uh, verse 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. This is big in that Throughout this entire chapter, wisdom is the, the treasure. Wisdom is what you want to get, and she speaks with this. Faithful instruction is on her tongue. Verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. When a woman is fully alive in Christ, when she is walking humbly with God, fearing the Lord, what God does through her, the good that he pours through her, the glory, his glory that she reflects is the stuff of acrostics, of poems, of songs. She is a gift to us as she lives out a sacrificial love, isn't she? And all, all guys, can, can we all not just get an amen on that? And you just marvel at, at what she does and what God does through her and praise him for that, but also go verbal in thanking her. The, uh, may we honor her well. And today we're excited to, to uh, welcome the Monday family, uh, John and Sarah, into our church family. And as I was reflecting on their story, and, and both of them, um, just really neat story of God's grace in their life, both coming to faith in Jesus Christ, trusting him as their savior and following him in baptism. Wish I could share their whole story with you now and have to grab coffee with them to, to hear the rest of it, but they would be the first to tell you there's ups and downs in the journey and times of drift from the Lord and his faithfulness to bring them back. But, but the theme of their story is one of faith, of love and sacrifice and just God proving himself faithful, filling them with the love, and then um, providing for them as they follow him into, into that path. And one of the, the most uh, unique ways has been their uh, journey of adoption. And where God, um, and, and I thought today on Mother's Day, just this picture of, of a mom opening and a dad opening their arms with compassion to those who don't have a home. And the story of that. And so I'd like to share just a window into that through what Sarah wrote. And she describes 
She says, once com- committing my life to Christ, I devoted myself to volunteering at the church and using my ta- the talents that God blessed me with. So getting involved in ministry, family, uh, say families ministry was something she helped lead, teaching and uh, being on the design team and, and just a variety of things. She writes, being a part of the church body through these opportunities allowed me not only to grow in my faith, but to share my faith with others. Prior to being baptized, I began to feel God's calling on us to adopt. And we prayed that God would lead us and that we would do his will and not our own. So with that comes the, how, how can we provide and, and do we have the means to provide? And, and, and she describes that journey as she said, even though we the need to be saving vast sums of money in order to compete, uh, complete the adoption process, we committed at the same time to giving to their church and, and they committed to a tithe of their income and then giving to other things and, and part of, and as well as the expansion project. Adoption is expensive, but also the long-term process of, of um, raising kids too is a, just a huge step of faith. And you can just feel that that way. But she writes, God answered our faithfulness when they committed to, to give to the Lord the next Monday, the very next Monday morning, um, her husband, John, was given a raise of 16% in his salary. And they write Malachi 3.10, Luke 6.38. This was an obvious sign of God illustrating his divine plan. We have many other instances of God providing reassurance along the journey for us to adopt our son and bring him home from China. We brought our son Momo home in 2015. It was a long road to bring him home that led us to understanding that God's plans are much more than we can ever imagine. Through a story full of roadblocks, shattered hearts, and a devastating terminal diagnosis, I have never leaned on God more in my life. Looking back now, I can clearly see the beauty, goodness, blessing of this story that God has given us. Oftentimes, his ways make no sense to us, but they are right. And I am continuing to learn to trust where God is leading me, even when it makes no sense and seems unbearable. In 2017, God began stirring my heart for adoption again. This was something we wrestled with as a time when we, we had just committed, or at that time, we had just committed to giving a large sum of our income to a church expansion project. We knew that we did not have the funds to adopt again, let alone two like God was leading. However, God has been teaching me over the years that if he is calling me to it, then he will make a way. And of course he did. God, again, funded 100% of this adoption through donations and unexpected bonuses. And we were still able to give all of our committed amounts to the church expansion project. It was a smoother adoption this time around, but we took a leap of faith again by trusting God with special needs boys we had yet to meet. They both have cerebral palsy, and we were being uh, told that one of our sons was going to be nonverbal and have no original thoughts. But we chose to trust God, and God blessed us with wonderful twin sons that chat nonstop and have original creative ideas. And it was fitting that they were up on stage this morning leading us in worship. And I love this picture of, of a, a lady who fears the Lord and her husband walk with him, and just the, the good that, that God does, this incredible gift that he has given us, and he says, okay, now praise her or honor her. Go verbal with your honor of her. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, 
but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her works that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. And you know, as I reflect on these last words of this book of wisdom that God has given us in the meta narrative of Scripture, in the the canon of of Scripture, I can't help think but think God is making a point here. Where did it all go wrong? Where, where is all the suffering, the brokenness, the God created Eve, and he called her, Eve means mother of the living, and through her the world would come to life, things would bloom, and and when Eve touches it, what she does, she makes things come to life, but in Genesis 3, Eve touches the forbidden fruit, is deceived, Adam eats sin, brokenness, and she is broken, out of that decision, womanhood, and, and women felt the brokenness, and dysfunction, this beautiful, beautiful, glorious creature created to reflect the glory of God in a way that only she can, now brings pain, brings hurt. But God had a plan of redemption. And I love this picture here in last part of the book of wisdom where he says, not this girl, not this girl. I've come to redeem humanity and redeem her. And when she is redeemed, when she trusts me, when she follows me, when she fears me, when she walks reverently with me and humbly before me, she comes alive in a way that will bring life, good, glory that is worthy of your praise. Men, say something. Because she is beautiful. Say something. Let her works bring her praise when you get together. I love this picture. It's the story of redemption. We know pointing towards Christ, who would come, lay down his life, die in our place, making it possible for us to be forgiven. The women of the Old Testament were looking forward to Christ. We look back, but every woman who trusts in Jesus Christ becomes a new creation in him, and this capacity to reflect his glory as only she can in a beautiful, beautiful way. Love this hope that flows out of this and today the igniting vision and I pray that we all see it and and that every woman in this house would trust Jesus Christ would walk in the fear of the Lord and uh, know that joy maybe today you're listening and you're like John I don't know that and I don't want to assume everyone has trusted Christ and so what's it mean to fear the Lord to be a woman who fears the Lord and it means trusting him walking reverently with him um understanding that we're separated from him by our sin, but but he sent Christ to die for us on the cross. And through faith in him, he promises forgiveness, but also the joy of, of a life lived in intimacy with him. And it's that intimacy that satisfies the deepest longings of our heart. St. Augustine said, every soul is restless till it finds its rest in God. And, and his invitation to you today is to come, step into this, know this, walk with me, be beautiful in me. And, and, uh, and then I know the lies that, that women are tempted to believe. I'm not enough, or I'm, I'm not worthy, or I'm unlovable, or I'm, I'm all these things. He, he quiets those. He brings you peace, and he brings you significance, and he, he, uh, in his love, you become secure. And his invitation is for you to step into that today. Maybe today as a mom, there's a woman you're feeling overwhelmed, and just... 
Like, I'm not enough, and maybe you're seeing your failures more than you're seeing all the things that you're doing right. And I, I would just bring a word of encouragement to you. If you're struggling in that area today, would you just hear the, the Lord say to you in John 15, 5, just abide in me, come to me. Abide in me, and you are enough. Apart from me, you can do nothing, he tells us. But, but if you will abide in me, with me, intimacy, walk with me, just I will pour, he says, my resources through you, and you will be every bit the mom, every bit the woman of God that, that I created you to be. Just abide in me and trust that. Rest in that. And I pray that God will just use that word to encourage you today. And then maybe you're here today and you're like, John, honestly, I don't feel like honoring my mom because it's not good with my mom. There's brokenness, there's dysfunction, there's hurt you're processing. And how do I honor her? And, and I would just invite you to hear the Lord say in Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Take my yoke upon you, my teaching upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And in those moments that you're wondering even how do I fix it with my mom and process these hurts, hear the Lord say, I'm with you in this. Follow me. Just follow me. I'll help you walk lovingly with you. I'll help you honor her in an appropriate way. And I will tell you, I've seen this again and again in my own life and others. Often it's in the the most painful, dysfunctional of family situations that God is most at work, making us more like Christ, um, bringing glory to himself as we love, as we forgive, as we battle bitterness and, and offer just that beautiful forgiveness that I encourage you just know that there's hope and, and he's with you in that. But today may we all commit to, uh, with a fresh resolve to honor the moms among us and to go verbal with that. As we honor our mom, we honor the Lord. He is pleased in that. And you say, well, why? What, what, what template to use? Three thoughts to think. And may these guide our even dinner table conversations or as you interact with your moms among us this week. Honor her for her warnings. Honor her for her encouragement. And honor her for her sacrifice for us. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we do thank you for your word to us today, this word from a mom to her son, and then just this picture of the, uh, the gift of a woman who fears you and walks with you. And Lord, we praise you today for, for her, for the way each of our lives, I know, have been impacted for the good and by the women of, who have walked with you and have loved us. And we praise you for that, God. And just uh, thank you for the warnings that have been given. And today, if there's a warning we need to hear from that she gave us, that you gave her to give us, that we would just hear that again and, and respond. We'd heed that. Lord, thank you for the encouragements that you've spoken to us through our moms and just putting wind in our sails to go for it times when she called us up out of our selfishness and into a, a life of love. And then, Lord, I just thank you for the sacrifice that the moms among us make in so many ways. Lord, today I pray they would hear your well done, your keep on, at a girl, and, and uh, just fill our gratitude and, and our honor them. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.